Welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast. We discuss all things fan girl. It's weird that we haven't done this part today because we've been recording for like 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I was so zonked yesterday. I was like, I had no concept of you being like, we're going to stop right here. And I was like, I also didn't. Why? I was awake, like wide awake, but I also didn't understand what she meant. I was like, what are you talking about? I'll have to re-listen to that part. But I was just like, huh? huh? What are you talking about? It took me a second after I said it to go, oh, she means the, the extra part. Part of the episode we'll do yeah. tomorrow yeah. could not form coherent <laughs> sentences <laughs> but we're back we're starting back up with beautiful creatures the last thing that happened was the um, ethan passed out at the dinner party at the dinner party with um Hurricane i almost said lena. ridley's family lena's family i mean either it way. is also ridley's yeah but <laughs> lena's the main character so i probably should mention her <laughs> Lena started a hurricane. Yeah, because Ridley was all capitals trying to kill Ethan. And (laughs) Lena started a hurricane. Ethan passed out. And that's where we're starting back. Ethan passed out after he heard her say, get away from my boyfriend, you witch. Not my daughter, you bitch. (laughs) And then he was like, she said boyfriend and tried and to pass smile out. and passed out. <laughs> there was another line. Oh, it was from throwing a glass earlier that I was like, this is the same thing. Like the not my daughter, the that's my boyfriend, the throwing a glass one, which I'm not going to say. But I was like, it's the same line. Yeah. Just in different fonts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> different words. But that's beside the point. Same The energy. same emphasis and energy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this chapter is on October 9th and it's a crack in the plaster. Ethan woke up in a room with writing everywhere. Words scribbled on the walls, a mirror, a lampshade, most nonsensical, but he immediately knew it to be Lena's poetry. He was finally getting it to read it. He realized he was in Lena's bed. (laughs) When he looked around, he spotted Lena sitting in a chair at the foot of the bed. Boyfriend. He remembered her saying before he passed out, but maybe she hadn't said it. Maybe it was just wishful thinking on his part. (laughs) Poor Ethan. Love him. That would be something he would totally think of in his head and it not actually happen. everything. Like with the date, he was like, a date. Well, is the date? We didn't say it was a date. <laughs> He's like, boyfriend. She got me her boyfriend. Wait, did she actually say that? <laughs> He's a girl. He's second guesses everything. He is. Yes, like, he is. I'm like, do teenage boys think like teenage girls and we just don't realize that? <laughs> I don't know. Because like when I was, I got uh, Alex to read You by mm-hmm. Caroline Kepnes. And he was like, I think like I'm just finally delving into feminine literature. <laughs> And it's it's from the point of view of Joe. And I was like, I thought it sounded, you know, masculine. And he's like, no, it sounds very womanly. Yeah. A woman writing a man or boy, too, is probably very different. As someone who has written a male perspective, I'm like, I don't know if they sound like this, but this one does. See, I've got one and it's a goth guy and Uh he's very like... He does so much to, like, look the part. And then he's like, okay, I got to maintain this image. He's fighting, Mm -hmm. like, stuff. It's funny. Mine are always, like, the guys, the more, like, emotional, emotionally invested one. Mm -hmm. And the girls, the opposite. And I I mean, I love that dynamic period. But being able to write a guy like that, I always relate to the guy more, too. And I'm like, I don't know if guys are like this, but this one is. Okay, so the one in mine, it's not, like, emotionally invested. It's more like... In my book, it's like the girl's manic pixie dream girl kind of yeah. thing. Like she's crazy, think Zoe De Chanel kind of. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, what am I doing? Like <laughs> He's just putting up with it. Yes. And so it's like, 
okay, she's crazy. Maybe she's not crazy. Is she a genius? Is she crazy? Like, that's why I wrote it from his perspective. I mean, perspective. we also <laughs> all know that I love emotionally invested guys in books where it's just the female's perspective and we as the readers see Me the too. emotional investment. Yeah. So... That's what I, that's what I need. An, an emotionally it. invested guy who's more invested than I am. Yeah, that's what I need in my life. It's because how you, if you are know in real life. <laughs> that's what you always need. Uh, my mother has been a feminist icon for her entire life. Me and my coworker were talking about it because I sent her a picture of like my dad cleaning, and my mom's just sitting there <laughs> on her phone. And she was like, I love how she's just sitting around. I was like, yeah, she's she's a true queen. <laughs> Feminist <laughs> That's icon. how you do it. But yeah, my dad's definitely the one that's more emotionally invested. So I find it funny. Lena jumped from her seat, halting before touching him to ask if he was okay. She explained that when Ridley wouldn't let go of him, she noticed his pain. She couldn't help but react. And the only way she knows how to. <laughs> Explosive anger. <laughs> Ethan started. You mean the tornado in the middle of your dining room? (laughs) She looked away, miserable. That's what happens. I feel things. I get angry or scared, and then things just happen. Same. (laughs) I reached over and put my hand over hers, feeling the warmth move up my arm. Things like windows breaking? She looked back at me, and I curled my hand around hers until I was holding it in mine. A random crack in the old plaster in the corner behind her seemed to grow until it curled its way across the ceiling, circled the frosted chandelier, and swirled its way back down. It looked like a heart. A giant, looping, girly heart had appeared in the crack, cracking plaster of her bedroom ceiling. I had to double take when I read that because I was so like, cute. what? <laughs> yeah. Like, she's like feeling these emotions. So it, the heart. The comes, heart appears. <laughs> appears in the plaster. <laughs> this is how you know how she feels, Ethan. Lena? Yeah? Is your ceiling about to fall in our head, on our heads? She turned and looked at the crack. When she saw it, she bit her lip and her cheeks turned pink. I don't think so. It's just a crack in the plaster. <laughs> Were you trying to do that? No. A creeping pink spread across her nose and cheeks. She looked away. They're so cute. (laughs) They're really cute. I was talking about this earlier. I was like, I mean, I'm personally annoyed by both of them at times, but... And together I get annoyed, but the cute moments are real cute. They're like super cute. <laughs> uh-huh. It's probably because they are just like younger than the other characters that we've read and talked about. So I just find it cuter. Yeah. Even though I'm like, you shouldn't be in serious relationships in high school. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it happens. That's why it's cute. I'm like, this isn't going to last. I've read three books in the series, but this isn't going to last. <laughs> it's just pure. It's like, pure and sweet and nice. Like, and they're just, you know, young. And, and I think love. seeing it from his perspective makes it even pure and sweet. Yeah, it does. Because he's not like, yes, he talks about his boners. Not, <laughs> not like totally just out there. Not but explicitly. Like, but he's like, I'm trying to think them away <laughs> because I'm a good Pick boy. And roll. And I don't want Lena to read my Basketball thoughts. Place. <sighs> oh, yeah. Like, could you imagine like you have a crush on a girl and or on a boy and you they they can, can read, read your thoughts. I got to think of basketball plays. <laughs> oh, damn. I'm not a basketball player. I was. And I, I can't think of any. I want to read that now. We're like, they can read each other's minds. And he's like trying to talk down a boner or something. It's very obvious, like in his brain. And she's just like giggling in the background, very Edward Cullen style. And he's like, <laughs> and he just like blushes and he's like, you look cute today. That I like that so cute. red sweater. <laughs> I like that red sweater. We'll get there. And then his there. brain's like, basketball, 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 basketball. What am I eating for lunch He's today? Like, oh, the word ball is in there. Grandma, 
Dead puppies, <laughs> dead kittens, grandma. Why is it getting worse? Grandma. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> hey, sorry. Low hanging fruit. Let's go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I didn't mean that one. <laughs> it just came out. Ethan badly wanted to pick her brain, but he worried about embarrassing her. He hoped the heart in the ceiling was because of him, because he was holding her hand, because of the word boyfriend before he blacked out. There was a lot riding on the crack in the plaster. <laughs> He's such a girl. He is. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Overthinking everything. everything. There's a crack in the plaster. It must mean that we're in love. I mean, it's a heart. I'm sure that's, once again, my Disney movie brain is like, Everything has sign. meaning. Everything ha- is a sign. Everything yeah. has meaning. I saw it's that. Then Ethan asked if she could undo these things. The effects of the tornado, the broken window, the crack in the ceiling. Lena sighed in relief at the change of subject, explaining sometimes she could fix things. Other times, she couldn't even control her abilities, like with the window or the storm the night they met. I can't believe we didn't mention that one. <laughs> Oh, he went, oh, gee. oh, yeah. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> this is what happens when you have two ADD people. Okay, so I can't believe we didn't mention the One Tree Hill reference. You know why? Because I was stuck on the fact that I stole this scene and put it in one of my books. Because of One Tree Hill, too. <laughs> well, because of this. But yeah, One Tree Hill, there's so many times people get hit by cars that I kind of forget about. But that like, was the, the beginning episode. I know. But... Basically, Peyton's driving the car, not this Peyton, Peyton Sawyer. (laughs) And she almost hits Lucas, and that's like their first like eye-to-eye meeting. Yeah. And the stars align if you are um, on board with the Leighton train. And like it's it's raining, Mm -hmm. and he's a basketball player Mm -hmm. in South Carolina. She's pissed. (laughs) She's pissed. At the world. (laughs) People always leave. Doesn't she have green eyes, too? So many similarities. One Tree Hill is a fictional town in South Carolina, too. I need to rewatch One Tree Hill again. I think we're at that point. We're at that point. I haven't done that this year. (laughs) We always sit around at least one time a year. It's like, well, I get stuck on season two, and then I just end up skipping around. And I'm like, I can't watch Keith die again. (laughs) I end up skipping around more. The last time I was like, I'm going to start after they're out of high school. That'll be fun. No. But then Lucas and Peyton left, and I was like, I'm bored. bored. There's no Sawyer on, so there's no... I don't know. It, I mean, Nathan and Haley are iconic. They're... they're yes. If you but, can't tell, I haven't watched the show like the two of them. <laughs> after Peyton and Lucas leave, it's like... Yeah. Brooke Davis deserves a lot in life, and not the way Lucas treated her, but I'm just putting that one out there. Well, he couldn't help that because of his proclivities of loving Peyton the entire time. Yeah. Also... <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that uh, she has the same name as me? Have we talked about that before? Peyton Sawyer? No. Peyton Elizabeth. Well, yeah. I just said Peyton, not this Peyton. We haven't talked about this because we haven't talked about One Tree Hill. Have we not? We've been... No. We're three seasons in. I mean, I think you're talking about I a little... I go into depth about One Tree Hill. I have a bunch of stuff typed up on my notes app about One Tree Hill. <laughs> <laughs> like the first episode. <laughs> If you can't tell. Because I watched the first episode way too many times. You can't tell we're a little insane. (laughs) She told him that most casters could control their gifts at her age, but her gifts seemed to control her. And then we talk about her family. 
So Ethan asks, do all casters have the same powers or gifts or whatever? And she says, no, we can all do simple things like move objects, but each caster also has more specific abilities related to their gifts. Ethan now wishing that there was some kind of class so he could follow this conversation on Casters 101. Skillshare. Yes. (laughs) Make a website. This episode is sponsored by. (laughs) Please sponsor us, somebody. So Ethan asks, what about Aunt Del? What What can she do? Lena replies, she's a poem sess. She reads time. Reads time? Like you and I walk into a room and see the present. Aunt Dell sees different points in the past and the present all at once. She can walk into a room and see it as it is today and as it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, all at the same time. Kind of like when we touch the locket. That's why she's always so confused. She never knows exactly when or even where she is. Can you imagine having that ability? I would be just... That's scary. Yeah. That's like, um, what was it? We're like... Someone could see, like, how someone would die or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was probably... Does that mean she can see ghosts of people then? You yeah. would think so. She sees, like, if she were to walk in this room right now, she would see See the us. people who previously lived here? She would see Like, a us. moment in time with... With us people. and then the previous owners of the house and so yeah. on and so forth until... Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's trippy. And so, like... How, I would go insane. Oh, yeah. Like, how I imagine it being is, like, okay, so... Not everything's firmly, but like say the house is here, mm-hmm. but things are changed. So like the decor wouldn't be on the wall, but mm-hmm. it, it would be there, but it'd be blurry. Mm-hmm. And like you see all these people, but they're all blurry. Mm-hmm. Even the people in the present are kind of blurry yeah. because you're not firmly in one time. That's how I see it, mm-hmm. but I don't know. How I, I kind of feel is. like that would be true. Mine's like the stuff in the present is a little bit more solidified, and the rest of it's kind of like shadow, sh- like echoes. shadowy ghost, like translucent type type, like, like people echoes. walking around. Yeah, like the haunted mansion ride with the ghosts. That's yeah. what I imagine. See, that's kind of how it is, but I feel like everything's just a tad bit mm-hmm. off. Ethan goes, "No kidding. How about Ridley?" Ridley is a siren. Her gift is the power of persuasion. She can put any idea into anyone's head, get them to tell her anything, do anything. If she used her power on you and she told you to jump off a cliff, you jumped. And this is where Ethan remembers how it felt to be in the car with her and the things that he said. Ethan goes, I wouldn't jump. Lena's like, you would. You'd have to. A mortal man is no match for a siren. Ethan replies, I wouldn't. You can't jump off a cliff when you've already fallen off a bigger one. I love that line. Because he, he realizes like, oh, like I exposed so much about how I felt just in those words. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's foreshadowing something. I've been mentioning this because there's just a glimmer of something in my brain that has to do with falling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mentioned throughout the book, too. Yeah. But I feel like that was a little bit foreshadowing. And also, um, he's falling in love with Lena. So mm-hmm. I just love it. I like that line, too. But also just like how Ethan's like, I immediately regret saying that. Yeah. Please take yeah. it back. Also, um, he did fight back on something uh-huh. like he yeah. didn't tell her about the locket or he, he did else. hold back like his he, ability ability to do the, to do that i wonder if it has to do with his abilities you yeah know? i mean it's foreshadowed a few times mm-hmm. now that he has abilities yeah. like he has a mental shield like bella swan yep they That's all it. do he's not like other boys <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah clearly <laughs> yes 
course, because of this line, Ethan changes the subject. So he goes, so what's Reese's power? She's a Sybil. She reads faces. She can see what you've seen, who you've seen, what you've done just by looking into your eyes. She can open up your face and literally read it like a book. Yeah, who was that? That other woman really turned into for a second when Reese was staring at her. Did you see that? Lena nodded. Macon wouldn't tell me, but it had to be someone dark, someone powerful. Uh, Back up on just like Reese's power in general. I feel like, you know, you would think it would be similar to Aunt Dell's where like she can see everything, like who you've seen Mm -hmm. and everything. But I feel like Reese could probably turn it on, mm-hmm. whereas Aunt Dell's is constant. Constant, you can't yeah, that's turn what it I off. Think. And see, like I want to mention something that I, it just occurred to me, or I'm sure it hasn't just occurred to me, but I had the thought and then it left. She, when Reese was reading her, she turned into someone like her. Else. Her image, like yeah. It really's image changed. Mm-hmm. And I know I have that like underlined. So I think it's not like, like if somebody were to shape shift, like mm-hmm. Larkin can shape shift or something, she can bring him back and show like what his true face mm-hmm. is. And I'm not going to go into detail on Ridley too much, but there's somebody that she wasn't like who she was, who the face was, wasn't hers. Yes. That's supposed to be a mystery. So I'm that, not as a first time reader. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not gonna go too far in depth, but but we wanted remember to, that. We wanted to point that out to you guys. Mm-hmm. And I y'all that have read it, you know. <laughs> and because I don't think we really discussed it like when we were at that part of the book. No, we, we didn't. were because we were just doing dialogue. Mm-hmm. She looked different. She looked like somebody else. Mm-hmm. All right, so Ethan keeps on asking. He was like, I had to know. It was like finding out I just had dinner with a bunch of aliens. What can Larkin do? Charm snakes? Lena replies, Larkin's an illusionist. It's like a shifter, but Uncle Barclay's the only shifter in the family. What's the difference? Larkin can spell cast or make anything look like anything he wants for a spell. People, things, places. He creates illusions, but they're not real. Uncle Barclay can shift cast, which means he can actually change any object into another object for as long as he wants. So your cousin changes how things seem and your uncle's change how changes how they are? Physical and then chemical reactions change (laughs) yeah mostly grandma says the powers are too close it happens sometimes with parents and their children they're too much alike so they're always fighting i knew what she was thinking that she would never know that for herself her face clouded over and i made a stupid attempt to lighten the mood (laughs) ryan what's her power dog fashion designer (laughs) too soon to tell she's only 10 and macon he's just uncle macon there's nothing uncle macon can't do or wouldn't do for me i spent a lot of time with him growing up He's like my father or how I imagine my father. So Lena goes on and then Ethan asks, what about you? What's your gift? So this causes Lena to pause for a minute to collect her thoughts. Then she turns to look at Ethan and she says, I'm a natural. At least Uncle Macon and Aunt Dell think I am. Ethan thinks, a natural. I was relieved. It didn't sound as bad as a siren. I didn't think I could have handled that. What exactly does that mean? I don't even know, Lena says. It's not really one thing. I mean, supposedly a natural can do a lot more than other casters. She said it quickly, almost like she was hoping I wouldn't hear, but I did. Lena reminded Ethan how he still knew nothing about her. He listed off things he knew about her, like her name, to which she responded, Lena wasn't even actually her real name. Most casters don't know their birth names until they turn 16, which is why Ridley's family calls her Julia and Reese was called Annabelle. Lethan explained to Ethan how she didn't know her name and didn't know what actually happened to her parents. Everyone said they died in an accident, but no one would ever tell her anything else, and she had never seen their graves. 
So I want to, um, you kind of corrected. I don't know if it was changed or anything, but most casters do know their birth names, but their family doesn't. Their family is different in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's one of them. Yeah. That they don't know their, and I don't know why they said birth names. They don't know their birth names until their 16th birthday. Some cultures do something similar. Yeah. I know where they like gain a different name Name. at a certain point. I know some. I don't know if all Native American tribes do, mm-hmm. but a lot of them. But I don't know if that's the same thing. It's not necessarily the same thing. It's like they have a name, but it's not told to them mm-hmm. until their sixteenth birthday. I think that's probably more of like it's come up with at that point. But that was probably the inspiration for something mm-hmm. like this. I feel. Yeah. She went on to explain how she and Ridley used to be best friends. They had no one else. They shared a suitcase and traveled everywhere together with their grandma. She admitted to him that he was her first mortal friend. Ridley started acting strange, and then the same guys who had ignored her started following her everywhere, waiting for her after school, fighting over who would walk her home. She could make people do things, things they wouldn't normally want to do. And those boys were jumping off the cliff, one by one. The night before Ridley's 16th birthday, I followed her to the train station. She was scared out of her mind. She said she could tell she was going dark and she had to get away before she hurt someone she loved, before she hurt me. I'm the only person Ridley ever really loved. She disappeared that night and I never saw her again until today. Uh, I'm sad. Best friends. It's kind of just like a switch. Like, I mean, Ridley realized she had these abilities mm-hmm. and she used them, yeah. but she was still like trying to run from the darkness, which mm-hmm. I don't know how you can run from something like that. Because she didn't want to, but I mean, it happened. I mean, Ridley and Lena were basically sisters. Yeah. In every sense of the word, mm-hmm. other than biological. <laughs> other than actually. And I mean, I can relate. I've got a cousin. Hi, Katie. Who, <laughs> that's basically my sister. Mm-hmm. So I can see that. Ethan asked what she meant by going dark. She said, in my family, when you turn 16, you're claimed. Your fate is chosen for you and you become light like Aunt Del and Reese or you become dark like Ridley. Dark or light. Black or white, there's no gray in my family. We can't choose and we can't undo it once we're claimed. Claimed, capital C. Yeah, I was bitching earlier about how many <laughs> words I had to capitalize that would normally be they capitalized. they have to do with like the caster world. Yeah. They have specific meanings. But like you have to capitalize mortal. You mm-hmm. have to capitalize light. Dark and yeah. dark. Ethan questioned her more on the claiming. Lena disclosed that there was no free will and that caster kids can't live with their parents in case they go dark. Once again... Is this just with their family? It's just with their family. Ethan then asked for details about her parents, to which she reminded him she knew nothing. Because her family never talked about them, she feared they were dark, and that meant she'd go dark, too. You're not, Ethan insisted. She disagreed, even with how firmly he set that belief. Ethan lifted her chin, knowing he was going to kiss her. He knew everything would work out as long as they were together, and he felt that they would always be. He stopped thinking about basketball plays and showed her how he was actually feeling. I got really raunchy. You've been listening to our theory on that. <laughs> her eyes. Showed her how he felt. I read a lot of romance, and it's literally like, do you know how you make me feel? Hand on crotch. Like, <laughs> I'm so serious. It's consensual. <laughs> it's consensual. Lena would scream. Yeah. She doesn't park with guys. Remember that. <laughs> Until the next chapter. <laughs> 
and then forget it. Her eyes widened with shock, but she let it happen. She kissed him back, electricity surging between them. Then Lena pulled back, saying they couldn't do this. Ethan wondered if maybe she didn't feel the same way. She told him it wasn't that, but she may go dark, and she didn't want him to see her like that. When Ethan said he didn't care, she sat up, showing him the writing on her hand. 122. He says, I get it. You're scared, but we'll figure something out. We're supposed to be together. We're not, Lena argued. You're immortal. You can't understand. I don't want to see you get hurt, and that's what will happen if you get too close to me, he said. Too late. He was all in. Very dramatic. Gotta say. Bell and Edward would. Sorry. Bell and Edward did. You wouldn't understand. We're not supposed to be together, Ethan. Ethan. (laughs) Ethan. Ethan. And he's like, but we are. The dreams, the visions, it's supposed to happen. We're meant to be. Did I also, I didn't steal that directly. From, I stole that from a lot of things. <laughs> it's a trope. It's fun. You're good. Love it. Especially whenever it's the guy who, not in a weird, you know, possessive way, but like, it's just like, it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Come on. Whenever he's not 100% in it, but knows it's supposed to happen. I have that with that story and she's like so you just think we should be together because we're together in the future like she's pointing the note card she has on her wall because she's that lunatic router <laughs> that's got note cards i know on i've her noticed wall. that when we came in yesterday and i was like huh <laughs> i'm trying that was trying. our that was our murder board at one point and now it's the author no one board. has died yet and we need to have roll on next one we need, to, we need to do board. another murder mystery i'm ready murder board Please watch Trial and Error if you like me chanting murder board. <laughs> okay, so the next chapter is on October 9th, and it's called The Great. I think we're still on the same day. Yes, we are. Yeah. This is a long-ass day, man. Yeah, it is. But he woke up. It's the next day. I'm so confused. <sighs> well, he, he passed, passed out. For out. A few, he passed out for a few hours. Yeah. It was dinner time-ish. Mm-hmm. He passed out. It's later that night. So when's the gathering days? That's the main thing. But we don't have that with us, so we're SOL. October 9th. So it's... This is all this is one day. This is a long-ass day. <laughs> so that was dinner. He went to sleep. He, he went he, home. Well, he was forced to sleep. <laughs> he passed out. He went home. He's also sleeping, and it's the same day. I think some time warping happened. Wait, um, whose power is that? Wait, when Macon's. did he go home? In this chapter. He woke up in her bed and they had this entire conversation. Yeah, he goes home right after it. I don't know if it mentions yeah. it, but he goes home. This chapter is called The Greats and it's apparently on the same day. This is like yes, a 48-hour day. It's like day. late at night mm-hmm. whenever all this happens, right? Well, yeah, because of oh, what's... Oh, oh, it's like yeah, never mind, never mind, yeah. never mind, never mind. Yeah, okay, you, we're fixing to read, yeah. Just feels like it's been 36 hours. <laughs> it's not. So really, it starts on the 9th but goes into the 10th is what the, actually is happening yeah. in this part. Yeah. Tearing. The wind was tearing at my body. I held on the tree as it pounded me. A sound of its scream piercing my ears. All around me, the wind swirled, fighting each other, their speed and force multiplying by the second. The hair rained down like heaven itself had opened up. I had to get out of here. But there was nowhere to go. Let me go, Ethan. Save yourself. I couldn't see her. Oh. The okay. wind was too strong. I was wondering. <laughs> he, he wrote the hair rain down. It's I the know. hail rain down. The hail. <laughs> I was, I was wondering, wondering I was like, too. Ew. I was like, yeah. <laughs> The hell rained okay. down. Sorry, the hair. I'm sorry. The, <laughs> the hell. The hell rained down like heaven itself ha- had opened up. Should I say it again? No. I said, what the hell? The hell rained down like heaven itself had opened up. 
I had to get out of here, but there was nowhere to go. Let me go, Ethan. Save yourself. I couldn't see her. The wind was too strong, but I could feel her. I was holding her wrist so tightly. I was sure it would break, but I didn't care. I wouldn't let go. The change direction lifting me off off the ground. What change direction? The wind? Yeah. The wind? I held the tree tighter held her wrist tighter, but I could feel the strength of the wind ripping us apart, pulling me away from the tree, away from her. I felt her wrist sliding through my fingers. I couldn't hold on any longer. I bet she woke up with a hell of bruise on her arm. I'm sure she did. (laughs) Ethan awoke coughing, his skin seared with the effects of windburn from the dream. He lay in bed, staring at the ceiling, sleep averting him. He heard steps... from the kitchen maybe it was his dad maybe they'd finally get a chance to talk when he went downstairs though the study door was closed it must have been Alma. he watched outside as Emma got into a beat-up old pickup truck with a driver ethan couldn't see according to him there was no other choice it had to be his dad's ball though ethan followed the pickup truck until it pulled over on the side of the road we forgot to add sentences there didn't we <laughs> It was his mom's vehicle, not his dad's. But it said his Volvo. I had to take the Volvo. It was the car my mom had been driving when she had been in the accident. That was the first thing I thought every time I saw it. Yeah, it was his mom's car. So Ethan took his mom's car that hadn't been used. It was probably both of their cars, but his dad's decided to be a hermit. The car still works. I know. I I had a question about that. I was like, the car still works? Y'all, during quarantine, I didn't drive my car for like almost a month and that was dad. We we had to be jumped. (laughs) I'm gonna back up and start again. When he went downstairs, though, the study door was closed. It must have been Alma. He watched outside as Alma got into a beat-up old pickup truck with the driver Ethan couldn't see. There was no other choice. He had to follow. He had to get his mom's Volvo. Ethan followed the pickup truck until it pulled over <laughs> on the side of the road. Alma got out, disappearing into the brush under around her house. <laughs> That'd be a whole other f- story if it's under the house she's a little troll she's a troll she's a troll Alma is a troll, troll. <laughs> she like digs into- she's like um, can't stop the feeling <laughs> Ethan followed it had been a long time since he had been to her house but he found this to be a strange way to get there <laughs> this is a different way this is a different <laughs> under way under the house <laughs> never been under the house <laughs> keep in mind this is not under the house they're going through a swamp we're just you ridiculous. gotta dig a little deeper but y'all i'm telling you this one and are you ready are you ready just keeps on going through my mind during this book definitely the uh the mama what is her name i don't remember mama is something oh whenever i read uh genevieve i go my sweet evangeline <laughs> just a whole mood princess it's and the just frog. princess and the frog i know this is not in louisiana but we love we stand princess and the frog here yep anyway he noticed that there was a strong scent confederate jasmine only it was the wrong season for it it fit in with the bizarre atmosphere tonight though alma went into her house thinking maybe he was just overreacting ethan turned around but then the door swung open revealing alma wearing her sunday best she all doll up for you know what confederate jasmine is no no i was gonna ask about that it's the little tiny like white flowers that look star-like okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. As Confederate Jasmine. It's not actually Jasmine, mm-hmm. but you know. She headed towards the swamp. Ethan didn't want to follow her in all that mud. He didn't know how Ama did it. 
She stood in the middle of a clearing. Eats an inch closer and realized she was pulling chicken bones from her bag. During her little ritual, Amma stopped and said, May as well show yourself. I know you're out there. Ethan froze, fearing she spotted him spying on her. But then, Macon Ravenwood stepped out smoking a cigar. She told old man Ravenwood that she didn't like waiting, especially when he'd been the one to summon her. She questioned him why he brought her out here. Among other things, Macon said, Genevieve's a locket. When Amma balked, Telling him she told Ethan to bury it back in Greenbrier, Macon told her she was wrong. Ethan brought it into his home and showed it to him. Macon also advised she might want to shorten his lease. Leash. <laughs> shorten his lease on life. When, when you're in your uh, early 20s. <laughs> mid tw- oh, are we? <laughs> Y'all are mid. I'm early still. And I'm holding on to that for the next two months. How long is mid 20s? One year. Maybe two if you're lucky. <laughs> you don't get past it if it's 27. Oh. <laughs> you're in late 20s I was like, it's 24 to 26, you're mid-20s? I mean, yes. you're in your mid-20s, huh? I'm not. You're 24. I'm 24. I got and two you're months. Like really close to being 25. 25. I got You've two months. You've been on this earth for 25 <laughs> years, okay? I wasn't born yet, so it doesn't count. I'm not in my mid-20s. I'm holding on to my youth. Uh, I am in early 20s for two more months. And then... I gotta tell you, it sucks being 25. And then I'm gonna drink myself into a stupor. I think I had my quarter-life crisis. Like, I hit 25 and a month later, there it was. Evidently, from like 28 to 32 really sucks. So I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, yay. But it could hit you at any point in that time frame. That's gonna be bad because... Okay, so my boyfriend's 28... And I'm turning 25, so we're both going to be going through some <laughs> sh- Macon also advised she might want to shorten his leash. Ethan and Lena's future wasn't possible. Even a friendship would be dangerous. Alma promised she'd tell him not to see her anymore, but Macon argued, don't be absurd. They're teenagers. The more we try to keep them apart, the more they will try to be together. This won't be an issue once she is claimed. If we make it that far. Until then, control the boy. It's only a few more months. Things are dangerous enough without him making an even greater mess of the situation. I love how, like, he tells Emma, like, you need to control that boy. And I'm like, you need to control Lena. Like, she's about to get, put herself out there. Like, <laughs> all right. Who wants to pronounce his uh, She's feeling himself. Who wants to pronounce his name? Because I sure as heck can't. It's Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Don't talk to me about messes, Melchizedek Ravenwood. My family's been cleaning up your family's messes for over 100 years. I've kept your secrets just like you've kept mine. I'm not the seer who failed to foresee them finding the locket. How did you explain that? How did your spirit friends manage to miss that? Don't you insult the greats. Not here. Not in this place. They have their reasons. There must have been a reason they didn't reveal it. Amma continued after feeding the greats. This is our great house. The great house of my family here. My great aunt Sissy. My great great uncle Abner. My great 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 grandmama Sulla. Don't you disrespect the greats in this house. You want answers, you show some respect. Go off, Amma. Snaps. Go off. (sighs) After apologizing, Megan said, Now let's get on with it. We don't have much time. We need to know the whereabouts of Sarah. Shh. Don't say her name, Amma said. Not tonight. We shouldn't be out there. Out here. Half moons for working white magic and full moons for working black. We're out here on the wrong night. Megan says, we have no choice. There was quite an unpleasant episode this evening, I'm afraid. My niece, who turned on her claiming day, showed up for the gathering tonight. Dell's child? The dark? Drink a danger. The dark drink a danger? 
What? The southern way of dark drink of danger. Dark drink of water, dark drink of tall. I was getting there. Yeah, tall drink of water, yeah. dark drink of danger. Megan said, Ridley, uninvited, obviously. She crossed my threshold with the boy. I need to know if it was a coincidence. No good, no good. This is no good. Emma rocked back and forth on her heels furiously. Well, there are no coincidences, Emma said. You know that. At least we can agree on that. They began the ritual. When Emma said she couldn't see anything, Megan told her, We don't have time for this. What good is a seer if you can't see anything? We have less than five months before she turns 16. If she turns, she will damn us all, mortals and casters alike. We have a responsibility, a responsibility we took on willingly a long time ago. You to your mortals and me to my casters. I really hype it up, Lena, with being this She's great- She's real powerful. Yeah, this great, powerful person. I'm like, that's a lot to put on to a 15 going on 16 girl, I gotta yeah. say. And I don't know if we're to that part yet, but can we just say that, I don't know if I edited it out or not, but- he, That his that, face changed? No, that Alma is literally over 100 years old. Yeah, I don't know how old either actually is. So Macon's yeah. 100 years old, mm-hmm. she's 100 years old, the sisters are 100 years old. <laughs> Everyone's 100 years old. No one dies in this town. They should have a centennial uh, <laughs> club. <laughs> yeah. Could Love you imagine? That. Macon would be pissed off with the sisters. Like, just <laughs> always annoyed. Constantly. They would just be arguing over linens for the lunch. And what you say? <laughs> Macon inquired about the woman whose name they could not mention. Where she was, what she was up to, if she would contact Lena. Emma told him there was no if, just when. But... She couldn't get a read on it tonight. Megan reached his breaking point, tired of the non-answers. He spouted, enough of these games. A dark caster entered my house tonight. That in itself is impossible. She arrived with your boy, Ethan. With your boy. (laughs) With your boy? (laughs) Which can only mean one thing. He has power and you have been hiding it from me. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Nonsense. That boy doesn't have power any more than I have a tail. You're wrong. Ask the greats. Consult the bones. There is not another explanation. It had to be Ethan. Ravenwood is protected. A dark caster could never circumvent that sort of protection. Not without some powerful form of help. Emma objective. Then Megan replied. You're wrong this time. You're too close to him. It's clouding your vision. And there is too much at stake now for errors. We both have our talents. I'm warning you, there is more to that boy than either of us realized. So Emma gave Megan a graveyard bone bracelet to help ward off that dark caster. Then he disappeared. So Megan knows that something is up with Ethan. Emma's denying it because she's known Ethan all of his life. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at. Well, first off, Ethan's in shock because he's like, oh, these two know each other? And I was talking earlier. I'm like, they're saying so, it's just like information overload right now for him. They mention Sarah who we know is bad news, and I'm not going to say who she is, but, and I feel like he hasn't even registered that part of it yet. He's just like, they know each other? They know, he's just stuck on that one. They know each other, and they don't want us together. (laughs) Yeah, that's what he's focused on. They know each other, and they don't want me and Lena to be together, ever. (laughs) I'm 16, you can't tell me what to do. (laughs) 
He is a girl. <laughs> he is Ariel from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> so I don't know exactly what all this discussion is going to entail, but the original prompt was for us to talk about like favorite female characters in books, which as far as female leads for me is far and few between. Gotta say. Caitlin actively hates female leads. <laughs> They're just always not like other girls. And I am like other girls. Let me be like other girls. They just turn out to be really annoying. You know that song... It's um, what's her name? Uh, Haley. She's the actress too. Oh my gosh, Haley Kiyoko. No, um, the most girls are small and strong and beautiful. Most girls, like that one where she's like, I want to be like most girls because most girls are like badass and everything. Mm -hmm. That's my perspective on things. This whole I'm not like other girls might have worked for me whenever I was thirteen, but I am over it and that's why like finding a female main character that i really like is so hard for me Mm -hmm. and i'm not just talking about in ya books where they're 16 17 years old i'm talking about like the books i read now where they are around my age and i'm still like girl girl is that nice girl nice guy kind of stuff that i just i'm not a fan of anymore but Mm -hmm. as you actively hate female leads I just could care less either way. Yeah. And I do read a lot of male-dominated books anyway, mm-hmm. so that might play a part in it. I do like seeing female characters, but I'm just... Yeah. Like, I feel like authors, especially, like, why I always go back to, like, Stephanie Meyer, because that's what I started with, yeah. like, Twilight. That's all I remember at this point. And Bella is self-insert, but in a way where she... I feel like took the parts that she thought were the best parts of herself Mm -hmm. or thought like was the most relatable to other people. And that's how she created Bella. And a lot of girls relate to Bella. Like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. She is just so not like other girls and kind of boring and like doesn't have a lot of personality. And she really could. And like the flaws aren't really apparent. And that's what I can't get over in all these books. Yeah. But as far as favorite female characters, I wanted to break out a little bit from ones that I've mentioned before, because like we all know I love my blonde badass bitches. (sighs) We all know Rosalie, Isabel, Ridley are my faves. Like I love a mean girl. We Mm -hmm. all know that. But I was trying to think of other ones and I could not think of a main character for the life of me that I liked. (laughs) It was it was a it was a struggle for me trying to come up with main Mm -hmm. characters. So I was trying to come up with just like side characters and a lot of them I was like, okay, who is a badass but also like can be, you know, emotional Mm -hmm. or girly, just stuff that I really adore. I I thought of three that I could just think of the other day that I haven't really mentioned. So my first one is Isabel Lightwood from uh, The Mortal Instruments. Yeah. And I I love her. She is an absolute badass. Her weapon is a freaking whip. Like, come on mm-hmm. um she has to put up with alec and jay's and their bullshit all the time <laughs> yeah she really badly wants to be a good cook but she sucks at it and burns everything which mm-hmm. i love and i feel like as her character is great her whole thing with simon is adorable mm-hmm. and like her learning about star wars is super cute her there's a lot of emotional trauma that comes with events from the series as well that she has to learn to deal with and like stuff with her parents Mm -hmm. where she you know feels the need to take care of her mom and she sort of 
doesn't have a good relationship with her dad at one point, but then something happens to him and she has to deal with that. Yeah. Also, like, her ability to, like, be in touch with, like, her feminine side and also her sexuality and everything, I think is so great. So she's one of my favorite, like, just as far as badass female characters. Um, And then in another book in the Shadowhunter world, uh, The Last Hours, Cordelia, she once again is badass she has a freaking sword and everything but she is like in love with this other guy who like doesn't love her back mm-hmm. <laughs> and like she kind of you know is all uh, about that but she like wants still wants to be friends and she is very like you know in touch with her family and everything like she mm-hmm. loves her family to death and uh, she's still like girly and everything but also can freaking fight off a demon and that, like yeah. that's what I love yeah like, you like that she's not just two-dimensional yeah like, yeah she's got a whole bunch of other aspects mm-hmm. and I mean almost like um I wasn't gonna put her on my list I'm trying to figure out what name to call her Selena from Throne of Glass I'll call her that name who is this badass like warrior assassin or whatever but she girl loves dressing up yeah girl loves cake <laughs> she loves sweets mm-hmm. they're like how are you, how have your teeth not fallen out yeah or like she has like her tongue is red because she's eaten candy mm-hmm. like <laughs> that kind of stuff but you know she's still like an absolute badass um and then there was a character from one of the a court of thorns and roses books um the last one that had come out i'm not going to say too much about her because it's spoilers but her her name is gwen and um she is a priestess which are very like pure seemingly characters or whatever but one girl has absolute trauma like horrible things happened to her she was in this absolutely horrendous situation and uh which brought about a lot of fear in her life but she really takes control of that because there's this thing where like they're trying to teach the priestesses how to fight whatever and train and like none of them want to do it because they're so scared of it and she's the first one to sign up because she wants to take back like her body and her ability to defend herself and I think that's so badass she's also a fellow ginger so I love her and I'm hoping the next book has to do with her I might have spoiled some stuff just (laughs) I, I don't know like I like the badass female characters who have a little bit more to them I can definitely see that in your personality yeah clearly like someone who's a little combative I had the hardest time coming up with characters in books. Mm -hmm. So I cheated a little bit and did comics too. For my book ones, I really like Fair Mm -hmm. from the Akatar. Fair. Fair. (laughs) Fair. Is it Fair? It's Fair. Is it Fair? Okay. Fair. I asked you and you said it was Fair. No, I didn't. I said Fair. I'm sorry if you keep on reading Fair. You can keep reading Fair. No one will know. They will because this is a book (laughs) podcast and probably everybody's read it. All right, Fair. I've been questioning. I'm like, is it Fair? Is it Fair the whole time? Earlier I said Reese and she said I haven't met her yet. (laughs) I'm in the third book, by the way. Reese? No, I knew it was Reese. I can't say any of the names right. I mean, I'm better on this series than I am with Throne of Glass. I don't say any of those names it, right. It was throwing me off because we're reading this and I'm reading. The, yeah, there was a recent Beautiful Creatures. There's and, a recent Beautiful Creatures. And so I was thinking girl. And then it was like, oh. Well, the whole first time I read the first book, I said Rizan. Uh-huh. And then they kept on shortening it. And I was like, I'm not going to call him Rice. Yeah, so. it's, it's definitely Reese. Yeah. Um, like Jonathan Reese Myers, yeah. I'm sure, was a heavy influence on that one. But anyway, I like her. I think she's a good character because mm-hmm. she's not like pure or she's not. I mean, she's got a good moral compass, mm-hmm. but she's ready to kill anything yeah. she needs to. Um, she also goes through a lot of 
<laughs> she goes through a lot of shit. She's a badass bitch. Mm-hmm. Let's just be real. I, I really like her as a lead character. I, I love her development. I mean, she's I not do. like my favorite character in the world, but that's because I have very high standards, evidently. Um, okay. very specific, You've got to be very, specific, very specific, bitchy. Very specific. <laughs> I may be a bitch, but at least I'm funny. <laughs> Nesta, which is her sister. My, rank- my ranking of the Archeron sisters is very clear. Yeah. <laughs> the next one is Joe from Little Women. Okay. I mean, that's everybody's favorite. Yeah. I know that. But she's just, uh, for the time period, she was very realistic. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. Like, she was, I would see myself being her. And I feel like that's how a lot of people felt with her as a main character. Okay, so I'm going to cheat now. For comics... I'm going to go with manga first, and I cannot tell you the name of this because it's in Japanese, so I have no idea, and I have no idea how it's translated. Oh, Kami Hike no Hana Yome. Uh, Bride of the Wolf King. It's an English translation. And I really like Yurin in that, um, who's obviously the bride. It's one of those fake dating situations that mm-hmm. Caitlin loves. She's his fake concubine, like his fake consort. And uh, he pretends to be in love with her, but they're like friends Mm -hmm. in a way. Like she's paid to do her job, but he starts like catching feelings and he's scared because he's definitely a Gemini. He's one of those people like when he's in, you know, political power or something, he's like Reese and he's like, I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm going to be like, you know, this warmongering, like, you know, tough guy. And then like in person, he's like a big puppy dog Mm -hmm. and so i like your because she's very much herself throughout the whole thing like she's clumsy yes she gets in trouble yes but she always does what she thinks is right and i feel like there's a lot of manga out there that do that i don't know i like the way her personality is like it's never Mm -hmm. perfect and i enjoy that I've talked about the Golden Forest, um, Renee off of that, who's the main character. She's went through a lot of too, and she's very callous almost towards mm-hmm. people. And I like that about her, that she's just, she's not the most, like what you would consider feminine. She pretends to be a boy for the most part. Like there's not a lot of people out there that know that she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And I find her just very interesting. And then I have from Under the Oak Tree. And I found out recently that this was originally like an erotica thing, <laughs> an erotica story. I never read that. I read a few chapters of it when I found out. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a totally different story than what <laughs> I've read. Um, because it's like from Manta, like they do a webcomic of it. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I mean, there's sexy scenes, I suppose, but it's a lot more pure. Like the love story is a lot more pure. <laughs> but uh, Max is like this, has like been abused her whole life and she's got a stutter. Um, but she's from a really rich family. Well, her father marries her off to like this poor knight. So that he'll go fight and kill a dragon so he won't have to. He comes back and there's rumors that he's like not going to marry her. Like he's going to divorce her and get married to somebody else. (laughs) And so she's worried about that. But when he comes back, he's like, no, I thought of you the whole time. You have to come home with me. And it's basically them learning, him learning not to be, not to be so brutish. Whereas hers is actually growing a backbone. Yeah. And her learning, oh, it's safe for me. And like, of course, the stutter problem doesn't help her at all. And like she, you know, she tries to get past that. But everybody there is so sweet and it's 
it's just great. I love I love her character and I love that they put somebody with a stutter as yeah. the main character mm-hmm. in it because she's not a perfect girl. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. I mean, I've read a few, but I feel like they weren't done the way that I wanted them. Like, well, one of the one of my favorite books that I talked about, she was uh, dyslexic, mm-hmm. which was fun to read. Um, I read one recently where the girl was on like the... Um, autism spectrum yeah or like people with you know considered disabilities being main characters i feel like would be a lot of fun i know those are out there and i just haven't taken a gander but i wish there were more and more in the type of stories that i'm interested in Mm -hmm. for instance i'm a bigger girl and there are tons of romances out there for about bigger girls but the ending's pretty much usually the same where it's just like oh you you've lost all this weight now i love you now i can admit i mean there are more out there that are more like Oh, I don't care either way. But I'm like, I don't want the the big thing about the character, especially the female character, to be like a big part of the story. Yeah. I want her to just exist. Yeah. And us to have the story. Like, maybe it can be part of the plot. Like, the one who was dyslexic, like, there was a reason, you know, she took longer to get her work done and everything as his assistant. But he, like, he knew about it, even though she didn't tell him because she was scared to tell him. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, like, a huge thing. It was just part of her character. Yeah. It wasn't, like, a big deal. See, and that's the thing. That's my, that's another problem I have with those kind of books. Mm -hmm. Like, the... Of plus size women mm-hmm. books is because it's like that's the biggest issue and that's mm-hmm. as a plus size woman that's not my biggest issue yeah i've been this way my whole life it's not you know mm-hmm. it might be other people's issues but their issues must be a lot smaller yeah. than my issues or like um stuff like that where other characters like wow you're so you're so brave for putting yourself out there for you know despite all your issues or whatever and i'm like treat them like a normal person yeah. This does not have to be a plot point yeah. to go with. Move on. So I had a rant and I didn't know if you would get to it or not, but I feel like female characters are highly underrepresented. Like there is no normal, like there are very few examples of normal girls, which is why I kind of put these together mm-hmm. the way I did. Like these girls aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. These girls are not everyone's ideal type yeah but with that being said they're more realistic and i feel like that's a problem in our media even in books and stuff is that these girls girls are always put on a pedestal of like Mm -hmm. being perfect or they're being you know feminine Feminine. or you know something like that yeah like when even people are rude to them yeah and like I think that's why I love, like, the kind of bitchy characters that everyone likes, because I recognize I have some uh, very similar issues to those. And it's not like I praise them having these really bitchy attitudes and doing bad things, but I'm like, I've done similar things before. I've said similar things. Like, seeing someone else do that and learning how to live with that or apologize for it it's very important for me because yeah. i identify with it yeah and they're more real than the um perfect mm-hmm. main character that does nothing wrong and mm-hmm. you know give your characters flaws there's a couple that i think jumped out to me i really don't remember anything about them from the books necessarily but i know like it kind of follows along with like the lines of some of the stuff one of them is diana from the discovery of witches series and then the other one i had to look it up because i couldn't remember it's been a while since i've read this one her name is cassie and the natural series which the natural series is kind of like a criminal minds-esque 
kind of series but i know like for diana from discovery of witches she's kind of like i I ain't gonna put up with this kind of person which i feel that a lot so that's especially because her significant other in the books and the show matthew is kind of very much overbearing yeah and she's like dude no we're Mm -hmm. not we're not gonna do that and then i think if i remember correctly cassie's kind of similar like she cassie's 17 in this other series so like she and her mom like was murdered and stuff so there's a whole other stuff going there too but like I think she's, if I remember right, she's kind of along the same lines of like, I'm going to like in these situations where they're trying to solve crimes or whatever. And like she gets kidnapped or whatever. She's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to figure some way out of here myself. Like, I'm not going to rely on anyone for that kind of thing. Yeah. Like the whole damsel in distress type thing. I'm kind of over. But also like there was an emphasis for a while that was sort of, I feel like Katniss inspired where like your female characters had to be badasses. Yeah. With like emotions kind of like they could be emotional, but not too much. Yeah. They didn't like wearing dresses because they weren't super girly. And like there's such an emphasis on that. And I'm like, why can't some be both? I understand some people are like that, but why can't they be both? Which is why I kind of went with that for my badass females. There was another point I wanted to make that had to do with Bella Swan, but I to give your spill. So I've been watching or I was watching this like rewriting Twilight series on YouTube of this girl who was rewriting Twilight and trying to make it better and in a way modernize it. Um, And she, you know, was obviously really not agreeing with Bella's character. And one of her big points of contention was how Bella sees other women. Yes. And the only time where she like is accepting of other women or whatever and sees them in a positive light is like with Alice. But yeah. everyone else, like her mom, she talked about Jessica and Lauren, um, Rosalie. And I'm just talking about the first book. She just like sees them a certain way and doesn't see them with any more substance. Yeah. Like, oh, they're just obsessed with boys and clothes and blah, blah, blah. And my mom's just a flight risk. Like, like she and is. I, <laughs> I'm not like other girls. Yeah, I'm like, I'm but, into this and this and this. But uh, yeah, and I I watched this guy, the Dom, and he read Twilight and he that he brought that issue mm-hmm. up that she doesn't like women. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he said Stephanie Meyer herself probably hates women yeah. because of how he wrote, how she wrote this book. Yeah. And I think Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie. was, um, I haven't said that in a while, was just, you know, cry, trying to get intact with you know, her as a teenager and how she felt other teenage girls felt whenever she was writing from from Bella's perspective. And you think the world's against you a lot of times whenever you're that age. But naive people and sluts. Yeah. (laughs) I hate naive people and sluts. Exactly. As as Facebook Peyton said. Yeah. (laughs) A very, very young age. Um, A very young middle school. Like late 13. Yeah. So, and you think the world's out against you and you have these certain beliefs that you're, you think, you're, you hold down the slut shaming just period in a lot of books like that and like f- clearly from Bella's perspective is something that I got issues with but that's coming from me who you know had thoughts similar to that whenever I was younger mm-hmm. but now I'm just like who cares like Whenever I'm writing female characters now, I do have some that are kind of like that as far as, you know, not like seeing themselves. Well, seeing themselves is not like other girls, but they get called out for it. Yeah. And I, as an author, call them out for it, too. Mm -hmm. And like one, um, she's kind of like that because I came up with her character when I was very young and seeing Mm -hmm. 
the world like that. But then she has a best friend who's like the polar opposite. Yeah. And And she is like other girls. Yeah. And she's very much like other girls. And she calls her out several times about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just me tired of the not like other girls. Me wanting to see, you know, more uh, relatable characters. But, you know, vastly different. Realistic characters. More realistic. We need more realistic female characters. Mm -hmm. Give them freaking flaws. Give them flaws that are that other people have and make them like learn from them too i mean personally i'm perfect but i am fat so there's that no. that is my fault i know i'm kidding and i'm putting it out there <laughs> because it is not it's something during like interviews and stuff they're like don't say that your answer to what is your biggest flaw is i'm too much of a perfectionist for your characters don't say that's their biggest flaw i'm no. too much of a perfectionist no one wants to hear that i mean uh, that a whole slew of things could go under that exactly yeah. be more specific <laughs> Like, like, be, like being a perfectionist could also cause flaws too so I talked about the goth guy mm-hmm. I have and in that like he's too judgmental right off the bat mm-hmm. even though it's from everybody judging him that's his own flaw he judges people right off the bat yeah. because he's been judged his whole life so that's part of it mm-hmm. like he try, he doesn't think he's that way but he is mm-hmm. honestly you would be here all day if you've heard all the stuff that's yeah. flawed with the <laughs> With the girl, with the girl. Yeah, but like as a good writer or whatever, like you got to start off with some character flaws because you have to have a way for them to develop. Like if you start off with just a flat character who's perfect and everything, and I always think of like Twilight because I feel like Stephanie went Mm -hmm. out to write these quote unquote perfect characters. And I'm like, there's going to be no development. There is none. Like they're not perfect. That's the funny thing is... In her, well, yeah. <laughs> in her attempt to write perfect characters, she made the most flawed f- mm-hmm. characters out there. Like that, and just, it wasn't intentional. Like no, she made these characters that are actually bad mm-hmm. because they're toxic mm-hmm. because they're allegedly perfect. Yeah. I'm reading a series right now where two characters are they are addicts, they are addicted to substance and other things, and they find comfort in each other but they enable each other as well mm-hmm. and it's a series so they have a lot to grow from and like starting off with those really flawed characters makes it so interesting to read and seeing them grow a little bit then have the setbacks that makes it good character development because it's yeah. real like and we I mean, go through like, that yeah i mean like i'm not dating my boyfriend because he's perfect he's definitely flawed he knows he's flawed but i mean i love him the more for it because we're both learning how to be people yeah. you know not that we're, the point like not that we're addicts but you know <laughs> we're learning how to be people i'm learning to grow up and he's learning to help himself mm-hmm. in a sense and not be so anxious about every yeah. little thing that's going on in the world but make your characters more real yeah make them more flawed uh-huh. that makes them real give us more female leads that i can actually root for yeah that's a that's a big one yeah, and that's my spiel today. That's your spiel? Mm-hmm. It's my spiel. You got a spiel? No, I'm good. I think that wraps it up yeah. for today. Thank you for listening to our big long rant about female <laughs> characters. This was supposed to be for Women's Day or Women's Month, and Woo. we just ranted about women. That being said, if you are a perfect person, a perfect female, and you have no flaws, I'm still rooting for you, okay? 
Yeah, you're real. You're real. You're beautiful. I mean, she roots for me, and I'm literally perfect in If you way. identify with Bella Swan, that does not make you a horrible person, okay? What? I said you root for me, and I'm literally perfect in every way. My point is... <laughs> All my gals who were always like, well, I relate to Bella Swan. Yeah. You know, I mean, I relate to not being like most girls. Good for you. Yeah. Go for it. I'm just saying whenever I read, I want to read different things. I mean, and it's also like a time frame. Like mm-hmm. I related to her at the time because that's how I was. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, well, that's how adult. I saw myself yeah. for, you know, like six months whenever I was reading the books. Mm-hmm. But I was clearly like, no, I'm a badass bitch obviously obviously with all my insecurities i did think at the time i was like she needs to be a little bit more kick-ass yeah but anyway stephanie (laughs) until we crucify you again (laughs) our podcast title is about to be stephanie (laughs) again again no yeah exactly stephanie dot 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 again (laughs) okay well thanks for listening we'll be back with more beautiful creatures next time Bye. bye bye Don't interrupt my process. I'm trying to mentally prepare.